0: Shameless Media.
1: This episode of Everybody Has a Secret is brought to you by the newest member of the Garnier Fructus hair food family, Glossy Pineapple, designed to nourish and bring shine to dull hair. wondered if someone's having an affair, if their money is a little suspicious or if the rumours about their family are true. We think everybody is carrying around a secret and this show, well, it's all about spilling them. Welcome to Everybody Has a Secret. My name is Annabelle Lee. I am your host and ultimate secret sharer. To my left is producer Eilish Gilligan. Hello Eilish. Hello. Hello. And opposite me today is the spectacular Milo Hartill. Hi Divas. Hello, hello. You pointed out the glass on the table before Milo because in this glass there are two sheets of paper. Well that is because today we are playing a game called 50-50. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. (laughs) Here is how this game works. This is your first time playing this game. I'm nervous because I don't remember what I said. I do
2: not remember what I said so no matter what comes out I'm going to be shocked.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In this class, you've put in, as you've said, a one-line description of yours, of a true story of yours that you don't remember, (laughs) as we've established, and our producers have put in a completely made-up story title too. Then you'll pick one at random, hence the name 5050. You've got a 50% chance of getting your own story and telling us the truth, and a 50% chance you'll have to riff on the spot and convince us of a lie.
2: Are you ready to pick a
1: title out of the glass, Milo? Yeah! Yeah, go for it.
2: I was held hostage in a taxi in the Philippines on my way to meet my mother's new husband, who she married without telling our family. There are so
1: many things in that line. That's a full sentence. I must say, you have told a couple of wild stories off mic while you've been here, Milo. So I'm like, that sounds totally possible in the life of Milo. Anything is possible. Okay. I'm going to start with the end where you said your mother was marrying someone. Who she married without telling the family. Without telling the family. So when did you find out?
2: She came home from the holiday and at the airport, me and my wonderful grandmother who recently passed away. We picked her up and she just held out her, she was like doing that thing that, Newly married or engaged people do where they're like, "Hi, hi, 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 <laughs> hi." Have you seen my hands? They're very pretty. <laughs> and Nana, in her lovely British way, was like, "Oh, for Christ's sake, get in the car, Samantha. What are you doing?" <laughs> and then Nana and I were like, "Girl, what is that?" <laughs> Girl, what is that? We had honestly been like Philippines weird holiday, like f- Mum's first ever holiday. She'd mm. never been on a holiday in her whole life out of Australia, which is bonkers for a woman in her 40s. Or maybe she would have been mid-30s then? Yeah, mid-30s. And we were like, Philippines, random destination. She was like, just be fun. And then, <laughs> yeah, came back with a wedding ring and she'd met some guy online. that Was her husband Filipino? No.
1: Oh, okay. So Philippines was just the destination, just a holiday destination. Philippines is where
2: he lived. Okay. He was a teacher. She was a teacher. They met on like a teacher's forum, Oh, I that's really sweet. Uh, he would have been if he was a good person. Not so sweet. Yeah. Alas. Fuck him. Fuck him. But don't fuck him, just fuck him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the start of that story title. You were abducted? Kidnapped. Hey, kidnapped. Could you tell the story then from where you'd like to begin?
2: I mean, got to the airport. So like, it was pretty scary, like I was 10, it was a bit of a culture shock, obviously, because mm-hmm. I'd never left Australia. And, you know, guards with guns at the airport, people yelling, big crowds also, yeah. And we get in the taxi to go to where my mum's partner was living, which was wild, because the traffic in the Philippines to do like a 10, 20K journey, it can be like half an hour, or it can be six or seven hours. Yeah. So we like got pretty bad traffic and we'd been in the car already for like maybe four hours. And the guy pulled over at a service station to fill up petrol. Mum was like, I'll get out and get some snacks. They both get out, he locks the door and is like, right, if you want your kid and your luggage back, (laughs) pay up. (gasps) Your kid and your luggage. Yeah. Both equally as important. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But then the crazy part about the story is that my mum, he was like, I want this much and she went, no she <laughs> <laughs> went not nah, take, take this or leave it and i'm in the car like hello i mean, more than that <laughs> literally so your mum ends up paying this Which she s- does but not for a long time okay i don't know in my kid brain it felt like days but it probably was like hours
1: this story is i know i'm supposed to ask more interrogation questions but this story is sounding true to me. You would be good at pretending, is my thing.
3: You're an actress, so I, I don't know who to believe. I'm, like, so convinced. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty convinced. I don't think I've ever been as convinced in this game before.
1: <laughs> and I'm, also, I'm also thinking that,
3: like, our producers who make up
1: the fake story
3: title wouldn't have come up with that. No. Too many layers for it to be fake.
1: Yeah. It's too personal. I'm going to go true then. Yeah, Same. Boom, 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 boom. It's true.
2: Yay! yay. <laughs> yeah, bonkers banana. We need That's to stop crazy. saying yay when these things are revealed because yeah. it's not very yay for you. Okay, are you absolutely. okay? Is the first I'm question. I'm so fine. And <laughs> such a great story to tell. Is yeah, not? Amazing, amazing story. story. And it's, it's just like little Milo in a car being like, "Help!" It's a visual. No, no, it's but so I literally is. wasn't. I was like so chill. chilling. <laughs> I was on my 3ds in the back. like. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo. Let me know dogs. when it gets sorted out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, it is
1: time to hear today's secret, which producer Eilish will read out for us.
3: Thank you, Eilish. Hi, Annabelle, Eilish, and the team. I'm the team. <laughs> You're the whole I'm the baby. And Milo. <laughs> my secret is one I haven't told anyone, although I'm sure it's slowly becoming a big fear for my family, in particular, my parents. I'll start with the context and rewind a little bit. When I was younger, like primary and high school, I thought I was where I should be for my age when it came to dating and relationships. I was the one who crushed hard on Disney stars or the One Direction band members. I had posters of the men I found cute on my walls. I was a part of all the online forums and Stan communities. I felt excited about the prospect of having a boyfriend or falling in love. When my girlfriends had their first kisses around the ages of 14 and 15, I did too. I found guys cute and charming and was excited when I had my first kiss. Looking back though, I can't tell if this excitement was purely because I thought I should feel excited and happy about it. From that point on, my desire in guys, my desire in anyone, completely dried up. My girlfriends began to enter relationships in our later high school years, and I figured I just wasn't ready for that yet and wanted to focus on high school. Once we hit uni, lots of them met the people who are now their fiancés, and I still wasn't keen. Fast forward to now, and I'm 27, a virgin, and becoming convinced that I'm actually asexual. I don't want a relationship. I definitely don't want sex. I don't watch porn. Zero interest. And I don't masturbate. This dawning realisation of asexuality has hit me incredibly hard, I'm watching most of my friends move in with their partners, buy apartments, get engaged, the works. The fact that I'm still where I was when I was 15 years old is becoming a topic of conversation behind my back. I sympathise with people who are members of the queer community, as in those who are gay, bisexual, pansexual, etc. Because I can imagine how hard it can be coming out to family members who are conservative and have very narrow ideas of what their children's romantic lives should look like. I can't help but feel envious of these people, though. Yes, it's hard to tell your parents that your future love interests might be different to what they had in mind, but how the hell do you tell your parents that there won't be any love interests at all? And as part of that, almost definitely no grandchildren or family life either. I think when I was younger, I got away with just being young. My parents didn't ask questions and just assumed I was dating around without divulging the details to them. As the years have passed, though, they are clearly becoming stressed about me. My friends are a little concerned. One of the worst moments of my life was earlier this year when two of my best friends visited my new apartment. When they left, one of the girls clearly meant to text the other in a private chat, but accidentally sent, quote, Do we think something's going on with Clara's sexuality? In our group
2: convo not instead. not sending the text no. to the wrong person. A nightmare, a nightmare. That is such a nightmare. Oh, I feel like everyone has a story of yeah. that.
3: <laughs> I felt like I was going to die. It was official confirmation that I'm being talked about behind my back, and probably a lot. I sent back, ha ha ha, why the fuck do you say that? And she profusely apologised and said she was just trying to look out for me. I don't doubt her, the message wasn't snarky, it was just humiliating to receive. And I feel like this pity is going to follow me around for the rest of my life. Everyone around me is clearly cottoning on to the fact that I have no interest in sex or relationships. Given how much these topics dominate pop culture and conversation, I guess it's no surprise that they've started to ask questions, but I can't tell you how completely ashamed and awkward I feel. I cannot name a single other person in my life who is asexual. I don't see any representation on television or in movies. I feel like a weirdo and an outcast and it just makes me want to curl into a ball. I need to rip this band-aid off and tell everyone but I don't know how. Is it cowardly to send a big text explaining and leave it at that? I almost can't stand the thought of telling my parents to their faces but I don't know if a text message is a cowardly move. Please help.
1: Uh Yeah, this one's a really, really tough one. I firstly, just simply because we ended that secret with the question, but I don't think it's cowardly to send a text. I think if that's what makes you feel the most
2: comfortable... I think that's great. Absolutely send a text. That's not cowardly.
1: What are the thoughts and feelings running
2: through your mind right now, Milo? That representation is so important Mm. and, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I feel like there's not enough representation of any groups any people that are not white, cis, hetz Hets? That sounds like a threat. <laughs> um, and it kind of is. <laughs> but I just it just makes me feel like representation is so important. I have a friend on the internet, click for caroline and they are a wonderful creator that is asexual. And I hope that people hear this and hear the desire for representation because they write and they act and they a whole bunch of things but i feel like there's absolutely a huge network of asexual people that are out there wanting to tell their stories wanting to represent online wanting to represent in media and write things but it's just about finding that space and off the top of my head i can't think of any other ones which i think says a lot
1: yeah it's frustrating i imagine that you have to seek out like find these spaces The fact this person feels so alone because they don't feel like they have any resources readily available is definitely telling. Milo, we're going to obviously chat more about this, but we'll do that right after the break. We all know that a good hair care routine is so important and our friends at Garnier are the experts in everything hair. We are loving their latest flavour to the hair food range, Glossy Pineapple. Garnier Fructus Hair Food is Garnier's first hair care regime made from 96% to 98% natural origin ingredients. The ingredients are powered by superfruits to nourish even the hungriest of hair. Glossy Pineapple is available as a shampoo, conditioner and a 3-in-1 treatment. All three products are made from a vegan formula and a silicon free. Another thing that I love about this range is that the Hair Foods shampoo and conditioner packaging is made from recycled plastics and is also recyclable in curbside recycling. It is so good knowing that whilst you are taking care of your hair, you're also doing your part to take care of the environment. If you're in need of a new hair care regimen to nourish your locks and leave them smelling and feeling fresh, then check out the Garnier website to find out more about the glossy pineapple hair food range. Thank you so much to Garnier for making this episode of Everybody Has a Secret possible.
2: Milo, is coming out
1: ever owed 21, do you think, especially family?
2: I don't think it's owed, no. But I do think that it can be freeing for the person that is coming out. I hate coming out. Mm. But, you know, letting people into who they really are, Yeah, I think it can be super freeing. Obviously, if the response is good, it's better. But I guess knowing how the people around you feel about who you really are is good for if you want to foster that relationship with that person longer. Yeah. My coming out story, I've told it a million times, being a queer creator, but in short, was wonderfully boring. Mm-hmm. I like was like, "Mom, I'm, I'm gay. And she went, okay. So are we going to watch the episode or no? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. She was like, I know that this is like a faux pas when people are coming out, but we, we all truly assumed. <laughs> <So I was laughs> like, oh. Well, okay. (laughs) Well, then
1: yes, we can continue watching. Yeah, play it. (laughs) (laughs) Can we backtrack a little? Because before
2: you said you don't like the term coming out. Mm. Why is that? I don't like the term coming out because I feel like it's always associated with queer people. And I'm like, why don't straight people have to come out too? Yeah. In all honesty, if you're around me, if you're straight, you're gay until proven innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Proven (laughs) innocent. I fucking it's love like, that. In my mind, I'm like, everyone's gay, and then if you're not gay, you're like, no, like I'm, I'm You have to spell it out for me, yeah. I'm head, And I'm like, oh okay. I'm like, make them come out. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm to really? my granddad, I said to my granddad, sorry, like, are you biking? And he's like, what? Come again,
0: sorry. <laughs> he,
2: which to be fair, he was like, look, I've never I've never explored, but if Elton John was interested, <laughs> I would say yes.
1: See, and these are things you don't learn unless you ask. <laughs> <laughs> when well, well, I came out, he was
2: like, he was like, I don't think it's for me, but if if, if you're happy, I'm happy. And you know, oh. there are some men out there that I think are attractive. You know, Prince, <laughs> Elton John, <laughs> some others. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, but that's definitely like so nice to hear that your family was very lovely and responsive to you. But playing devil's advocate or rather trying to understand the perspective of this listener, I can imagine that they don't know how their family will respond, Yeah, which I'm sure is a fear a lot of people think about when they're deciding how they're going to tell their family or if they tell their family. I also think there is perhaps a world where, because you were saying it's freeing to tell people in your life, but I imagine there is a world where you can kind of predict how your family or friends will respond Mm. and it won't be a happy, lovely outcome. Mm. And maybe it is the more freeing option to keep it to yourself. I get
2: that, but I'm also like, there is a queer family out there for you Mm. that will love every aspect of you. And if your family or your friends are not like if they don't want to know you, don't want to be friends with you, don't agree with your sexuality or your, you know, gender expression, maybe they don't deserve to have you in their life. Mm. Maybe they're not good people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to maybe, put it lightly. Yeah. Yeah, and like if if your family are homophobic and queerphobic or your friends are homophobic or queerphobic, maybe they're not a good person yeah, and they don't deserve to have access to the fruitful things that you bring to them as a good person.
3: So I just want to jump in here and say I was really excited when Milo mentioned Caroline Cull, a.k.a. at Click for Caroline, because I actually spoke to Caroline in preparation for this episode, beautiful asexual activist and writer Caroline Cull. And I asked them, is coming out of O21, especially family, And they had this to say, coming out is your decision only. Some people prefer to come out such disclose their lack of sexual interest with their partners or friends, the amount of people who tried to set me up on blind dates, ew, on a need-to-know basis only. I found relationships were greatly helped with communication. Society is unfortunately headed into a backwards direction and many people find it unsafe to come out. And anybody who pressures you to do so is not looking out for your safety. So, Caroline is saying that come out if you feel comfortable, but also society can be a scary place to come out if mm-hmm. you're queer.
1: Yeah. And like those kind of fears are totally understandable. I also do have a couple of people in my life who have come out to their family. So I guess it's a bit of a different thing. But they, when they spend time with their families, they make kind of a conscious effort not really to talk about their personal lives because they just feel like it would make them and their family I don't know like they maybe know that there isn't a full understanding there and they would Mm -hmm. rather not go there so I guess it is in a similar vein where it's like you love your family, but you know they have their flaws and it doesn't necessarily, like I know we were joking before that if they're not immediately responding with overwhelming, I don't know, positivity, they're shit people and they don't deserve to be in your life. But sometimes it's not always that
2: black and white. Oh, and absolutely, yeah, yeah. I understand that. There are some people in my life that I don't talk about it much with, Mm -hmm. but I'm also not afraid of conflict at all. And there are some people that I know are gonna disagree with me that I'm like, I love women and kissing (laughs) them. (laughs) What does everyone else think? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you hate it, do you? (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) It's like when you know you're going to win an argument. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I just feel like we are living in a super polarising world and I absolutely think that at the moment we are in the stage of progression where we're in the one step back after the two steps forward. Mm. I feel like a lot of positive legislation for queer folk and anti-racism has happened within the last five to ten years mm-hmm. and i feel like now in australia specifically i feel like america's in their two steps forward yeah. and i feel like we're in our one step back where you know diversity and cool stuff was happening in our media and now i'm like huh suddenly all of the panels and casting announcements and tv shows and radio hosts are all white again Mm. quite once more (laughs) (laughs) when did that happen they did that slowly and quickly didn't they they thought they could fool us (laughs) yeah slowly and quietly not slowly and quickly but Uh i i don't think that you should be like oust your family never talk to them again bye Mm -hmm. if they are not accepting of your queer identity but i don't know it just makes me really sad that Some people are okay with being disrespected in that way. Yeah, That someone mm. thinks that who you are at your core is not something that they are okay with.
3: I think there's a misconception that being queer is just like a sexuality thing only. And Mm -hmm. I really loved that point that you made, that it's such a core part of who you are. It's so much more than who you choose to sleep with or be in a relationship with. I asked Caroline what being asexual means to them and they said asexuality to me is experiencing little to no sexual attraction you can find people cute or hot but that doesn't urge you to have sex with them it's not to be confused with a romantic, though which is experiencing little to no romantic attraction i personally have both but i still enter into loving queer platonic relationships i like to call them pg-13 relationships Handholding, cuddling and caring for a person is enough for me
1: That's what I was thinking when this person was saying, I need to tell my family not only that I'm asexual, but that I will never have a partner and I will never have kids and I will will never have a family. Obviously, if that's the future they see for themselves, that's a different story. But is that necessarily the case? No, there's definitely the very likely world where this person can end up having a family and kids if that's what they actually want. So I found that interesting that there are so many possibilities and paths where coming out could lead to. And I, mm. I just feel, like you said, really sad that it just seems like this person has a, like an end of the road mentality. Mm. Where,
2: But also, you don't owe your family kids. Yeah. There are people that are in highly sexual, long-term, short-term relationships that are also not going to give their parents kids or yeah. their grandparents grandkids. Like My thing is, I didn't ask to be born, <laughs> but I was born. <laughs> and... I'm just going to live my life. Yeah. Mm. So we're in a climate crisis. Well, there are enough of us. There are (laughs) enough of us already. (laughs) But, yeah, your
1: parents, it's not their life. Like, it's your life and you can exactly decide what you want to do with it. Milo, I'm curious. Has anyone ever come out to you?
2: Absolutely. I am famously, in my friend group, straight boys come into our life and become attached to me and, like, can't leave me alone, think they're in love with me, and (laughs) I'm, like, absolutely gay. (laughs) And then we'll come out. The amount of my friends who've been like, (laughs) who are now out and in very loving relationships or just living their lives and being a beautiful, beautiful whore. (laughs) I've had lots of people come out to me. Mm. Lots of people come out to me. And I think I've been really happy that I, in my personal life and online, have fostered a safe space, at least for being a queer person.
1: I mean, as somebody who's been following you for a very long time, Milo, the space you've created online and... The warmth within it, I guess, is so, so palpable. And your friends are so lucky to have you in their lives. Any other final words, Eilish, from Caroline?
3: Yeah, I wanted to ask Caroline if they had any spaces or communities specifically focused on asexual issues and Mm. asexual relationships and things like that. And there are so, so many Caroline said, I recommend jumping on Facebook and searching for asexual groups in your area. There's also AVEN, which stands for the Asexual Visibility and Education Network, which is a network that can help you out. I found a bunch of different accounts on Instagram that make memes, resources and more. I think something that I really want to stress to this listener is that you're so, so not alone. And that Mm. sounds like a cliche, but there truly are so many people out there like you, like Mm. millions. I think there's this weird stigma around asexuality that, because it's like in a very general way, it's like the lack of sexuality, which is not, you know, exactly what it means. But within the queer community, so much is said about sexual relationships between same sex, different genders, all of that stuff. You can feel a little bit different for being asexual, but mm. there are so many people like you. Truly, yeah. I researched so much about this yeah. and saw so many different perspectives. And it's hard when you feel alone, but you're not, I yeah.
1: And your internal deliberations, I guess, about telling your family, definitely, I imagine, very common. But I will say, I think, take your time. You don't have to feel pressured to make a decision right now. No. Definitely reach out to those resources that Caroline so wonderfully suggested. Mm. You can absolutely sit with it if that's what you're feeling compelled to do at this point in time. I also am
2: like... You know, I'm just sitting here re-looking at that opening line. My secret is one I haven't told anyone, although I'm sure it's slowly becoming a big fear for my family, in particular my parents. I, on the flip side of obviously there is no pressure to tell anyone if you are not ready slash don't want to because you don't know people your entire story, your whole book. However, if it is something that is weighing on you, I would urge you to consider the possibility that maybe coming out could be a good thing, Mm. and that being who you are is not a crime or something you should be ashamed of.
1: Yeah, and while you know your family better than anyone, better than we do, Mm. and you obviously are thinking maybe they'll respond badly... I also think they potentially could surprise you mm. and they could respond with, thank you so much for telling us. Maybe makes they, sense. Yeah, or maybe they are worried, but in a way where they're like, we want you to speak to us and communicate mm. Mm. this kind of stuff to us and we're so glad you did. That could definitely
2: be an outcome as well. As well, like what you were saying on, I feel like a lot of conversation in the queer community is sex related and like, don't be ashamed if you sleep with blah, blah, blah. I do feel like that's because the queer community is having the sexual revolution now. Mm. Totally. Where I feel like the hetero community had that, you know, late 70s through to the 80s. And I feel like that's because, you know, it used to be like you do it in secret, in the dark, in a big alley, in a toilet, in the bloody alleyway, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, now people aren't ashamed of having sex. But I also feel like that could be a point – as well where it's like you don't have to be ashamed if you're not doing that. Yeah. And also I feel like sex is so shamed that it's so funny that, or ironic that people feel the same amount of shame for not having it yeah, it's like, or not having a desire.
3: You've got to have sex but also don't talk about it. Yeah. But also if you don't want to have sex, it's really weird. Yeah. But also, but also if you
2: have sex, you could die yeah, yeah. Yeah, of all of these STIs and you could get pregnant.
1: It's all the things at all times. It's an overwhelming world to live in, isn't
2: it? So true,
3: Annabelle. So true.
1: (laughs) Guys, that is all we have time for today on Everybody Has a Secret. Milo, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, Eilish, of course, as always. To those at home listening, thank you for supporting the show. If you have a secret you're itching to spill, feel free to email your secret to us at hotline at shamelessmediaco.com. Everything we read will of course be kept completely anonymous. Milo and I and Eilish will be ready to unpack it, that is for sure. As for socials, you can find us on Instagram at everybody has a secret pod and on TikTok at everybody has a secret. Bye. 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 Bye.